Is there a future for Issa and Nathan? What's really good with Grandpa George? And how can Issa move on without Molly? We'll discuss that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's get it! listening uh let's jump right into the things let's not waste any time so episode six of season four went down on sunday i'm gonna give the episode rating an 8.5 8.5 for me because i enjoyed this episode i really did um i watch it twice i always watch the episodes twice once to talk with y'all on twitter and then the other time to take notes so i'll be honest on the first go around of watching it i thought it was super super funny but I felt like nothing was happening. <laughs> I just, it just felt like there was not a whole lot going on. But on my second watch, I kind of got why I felt like that. And we'll get back to that in a little bit. But yes, overall episode for the rating, 8.5. Super, super, super funny. And a lot happened last week. I think we needed to breathe. I think we all needed to cry on, you know, uh, Piggy Grizz, Titty, Tasha Max, Boob. You know, we all just needed a moment on, you know, a breast. And that's what Issa got. And I feel like that's what we needed to see. So a deep breath, a good laugh, and, you know, cry it out and you'll be okay. So that's where I'm at with that. This felt almost like a season premiere, which was so odd. Because if you remember last week, I was saying that I felt like I was recapping a finale because so much had happened. But it felt very fresh. A lot of new characters, which, you know, I don't think are going to be sticking around. Some we know are not sticking around already. But very fresh, very new. It felt new, which I appreciate. Really solid episode, but let's get into the things. First, some motherfucking flowers this week. Flowers going out to first love the A Different World, you know, little homage in the mirror scene. I was like, yes, I I, I see the thread. I see what y'all are doing, Issa. Um, shout out to my nigga Amal. Amal got some dick or some ass or maybe both. I don't really know because... We don't need to know all of that, but we know that Amal got what Amal needed. Amen for Amal. <laughs> and the shout out to Tiffany, because Tiffany apparently is the ultimate wing woman, because she said, she said that she was going to get him some, and I don't know if Tiffany did it, or if Amal did it, or if they worked as a unit, but it was done, and they both came to play. And here next to me, I have the biggest bouquet of flowers for someone that is so, so, so so underappreciated maybe i feel like she doesn't get the credit she deserves for truly being the one like she is truly the one but shout out to kyla pratt kyla pratt was in this episode you know penny proud uh whatever her name was in dr doolittle brianna washington like kyla pratt was in the building and it's crazy because like most people i'm sure had no idea she was going to be in the episode but once i went back and watched the trailer for last week's episode I was like, oh, she's right there. Like, you don't see her face, but you see, like, profile, and you hear her voice. And I'm like, how did I not catch Penny Proud's voice? Like, what What am I sipping on? I don't know, in any event. But yeah, shout out to Kyla Pratt. So, so good seeing her back on screen. I have to say, shout out to this entire cast on Insecure right now. I don't think anybody has really processed this the way that it needs to be processed. But Insecure has a really dope cast of cameos right now. Like, the fact that... Brianna Washington, a.k.a. Penny Proud, Cole, Piggy Greer, LaVita Alice Jenkins Robinson, and D-Money are all on one show together. <laughs> like, this is like a 90s culmination of, like, you know, the best of all on one show. That is very iconic. Like, you're talking about one-on-one, -on -one, the Proud family, the Steve Harvey show, 
the game also. Shout out to Tasha Mack. Like this, this is that is this is this is a thing. Like this is very impressive. <laughs> like I don't think anybody's really processing it like that. But once I saw kind of the Pratt last night, I was like, damn, there are a lot of like '90s, like you know, heavyweights on this show right now. Like shout out to shout out to everybody. You know, shout out to all of y'all. And I love the little PG County DC beef that they had going on in this scene. I feel like this is a thing that happens with a lot of. Well, you know what? I was going to say a lot of tri-state areas, but probably everywhere, everywhere across the country. Because even if you... Hell, across the world. Because, I mean, even if you go to Africa, like, you'll hear the Ghanaians beefing with the Nigerians. Like, no matter where you're at, like, there's always this internal, quote-unquote, beef with other people that share the same space. So, anyway, that whole PG County, D.C. beef, I thought it was very, very cute because as someone that is from New York City, specifically Brooklyn... Brooklyn people love to talk shit about the Bronx. People act like the Bronx is a uh, developing nation. (laughs) And it is. But it's this little beef that, you know, we have and pretty much relate to no matter what part of the country or the world we're from. And even though Brooklyn is always against the Bronx, one thing that's always for sure is that we're all always against Staten Island. Sorry, y'all. I just, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know. Y'all have Wu-Tang and then things really just fell off. But that's not what we're here to discuss. We're going to get back to Kyla Pratt and her trifling ass uh, bridesmaids. So, it was super dope seeing Kyla Pratt on screen. Shout out to her. And those are the motherfucking flowers for this week. All right. So, let's jump right into point number one. Is there a future for Issa and Nansford? Now, So it's the morning after the block party. Issa is laying in bed. And with any true exhilarating moment, you're replaying it in your head the next day. Now, the thing about replaying things in your head is that you don't really get to control what gets replayed, which is sometimes the difficulty of the brain. But generally, it's high energy shit. So if you did something really amazing, like one, you know, the Powerball, you'll replay that. If your friend ruined your block party and everybody ran for what they thought was their lives, you'll replay that too. So... It's the morning after Issa's in bed. She is still clearly, um, you know, affected by this fight between her and Molly. Nathan calls Issa just to check up on her and see how she's doing. And she hesitates to pick up for a minute. Now, I could not really get to the bottom of this. I was like, is she hesitating because it's Nathan? Or is she hesitating because she's just got a lot of shit on her mind right now and she don't feel like talking about what he is almost for sure going to bring up, which is the mess at the block party. So... They have their conversation. And then it seemed like it kind of just ended very casually. Like, you know, Issa's like, we'll talk soon. And he's like, sure. And that was kind of the end of it, which has me thinking, she's not moving backwards. Like, the whole big thing about this season has been growth and doing the right thing and really trying to, you know, boss up. Like, really be on some boss shit. So, and I think we've seen Issa grow out of a lot of her old ways. And I feel like this might be one of her old ways. Like, Issa's on some new shit and... I don't think she's moving backwards. Like, I think Nathan was a fun idea. You know, it was cute jumping in that swimming pool together naked and doing all the things and getting tacos on your lunch break and almost getting fired from work. Cute, fine, and dandy. However, I just feel like she's at a point now where, like, it's almost like burn me one, shame on you, burn me twice, I'll throw the stove away. I don't know what that analogy truly means because I just made it up, but you get my point. Like, I don't think she's going backwards this season. I really think she's on the the up and up. And, you know, if it's not serving her, it's it's out of here. And I don't think Nathan is serving her. So I know a lot of people, a lot of y'all were holding your breath, waiting for Ghost Bay to come back, Nansford to be in the place. I don't see these two being together, but I've been wrong before. So who truly knows? And like I said, Issa is on some new shit. Sis has been going through it. And I love that the writers pointed out to this last night because it's very easy to forget because in real world, it's been about four years that we've been watching this show. But in Issa, 
Insecure Time, it's only been one year, which I have to keep reminding myself when I think about all the stuff that's happening. Issa brought it up when she was talking to her mom on the couch and she was saying like, oh, I'm 30 and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, wait a minute, because the first episode of the season, the first episode ever of the show was Issa's 29th birthday. So I'm like, damn, we've only gone 12 months in this. Like, I'm like at best, at best, we're creeping on two years. But anyway, I like that the writers threw that in there just kind of like as a reminder of like, all right, we're not time traveling the way we think we're time traveling, even with all of these one month episodes jumping super fast. But Issa has been through some shit. Let's run through the list, okay? Because in the past 12 to let's say 18 months, to be generous, Issa has been through a lot of shit, okay? Let's run through it. Issa cheated on Lawrence with Daniel. Then Lawrence broke up with Issa. Then Issa had a party and her garbage can caught on fire. Small detail, but a detail nonetheless. Very dramatic. (laughs) Then she had to go move in with Daniel, her ex-boyfriend slash fuck buddy. Then she quit a job. Then she had niggas throwing up and throwing hands in the backseat of her car. Shout out to Lyft. Then she had to go sit at a party with Lawrence and whoever the fuck that Aparna girl was. And it's been a lot. It's been a lot for Issa and this one year of life. It's been a long black ass year. And sis is tired. Sis is fucking tired. And I understand. Like I, I, the more I think about all of the shit that Issa has been through, ideally in the past year of her life, you're like, well, damn, this bitch can't catch a break. So the fact that she finally did catch a break, I'm just like, I, I, I like that we're in new energy. So I don't really see her and Nathan getting back together. I feel like, you know, in the words of Crystal, it's new mistakes with new dicks. Like, it's time to move on and do new things. So I, I really hope that we've seen the last of the the romantic spark of Issa and Nathan. All right? It's time to move on, y'all. It is time to move on. All right, moving on. So what's really good with my nigga George? George is a key. George is a character. George, we're gonna. I'm going to officially crown him. Grandpa George. Shout out to Sherman Hemsley. Rest in peace. He played the grandfather on Sister Sister and his name on Sister Sister was Grandpa George. And that name has just always rolled off the tongue for me. Grandpa George. It's just so, it's, I love a good alliteration. It's just right there. But anyway, shout out to Grandpa George. Um, second reincarnation of him. But shout out to the actual actor, Brent Jennings. So, so funny. This was This is probably one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen on Insecure. I had to pause and rewind the show because it was just so many jokes. Like, it was joke on top of joke on top of joke. And I was like, I cannot keep up. And I want to catch every single joke. So, shout out to Brent Jennings. Just a genius. So, so good. <laughs> and what I loved about this character is, if you know, you know. But this is such a particular type of old black man. And I'm pretty sure there might be, like, you know, some old white men and some old Asian men that are very much on the same wavelength. But something about this type of old black man. Like, if you know, you just know. Like, he... Just needs a set of ears. Like, he does not care who it is. You just need to be alive and listening. And he will tell you every single story he's ever had in his entire life. (laughs) And that is exactly what he's doing in this car. He is chatting. He's screaming, watch out. About to make Issa crash the car. He's talking about Black Planet, the club, not the website. Because, you know, what the fuck would he be doing on Black Planet, the website? Running trains on people. And George is a wild character. George is the perfect epitome of... Remember that line on the Thanksgiving episode where Molly's brother was like, dads and niggas too, just all grown up? This, that is George. George and that line are synonymous because George is a nigga. <laughs> George is a wild one and George definitely thinks Corona comes from 5G. He absolutely does. <laughs> He's the uncle sharing WhatsApp links about how, you know, the cell phone towers are trying to kill us. 
Y'all, let me just say this right now. Do not at me about 5G and Corona. I don't want to argue about it because there's no argument. There's no argument, okay? But shout out to George. He is so, so funny. Such a funny character. And I saw a lot of people saying that this scene went on for too long. And I, too, kind of felt that. I'm going to be very honest with y'all. Let's be transparent. Um, So when I first watched the show, I thought, this is way too many punchlines. Now, the reason why I was thinking that, and it feels odd to say that about a comedy, because it's a comedy. There's supposed to be jokes all the time. And ha, 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 ha. We should all be laughing. But the reason why I felt like it was too many um, punchlines is because I feel like when it comes to TV writing, the jokes are the icing on the cake. You know, like we still need a full cake. We still need body. We still need like something to lay all of these jokes on top of. And it's a complimentary thing. Like jokes are icing. They're just supposed to be laid right over the top. You see them. You know what they are. You know what's happening. They're a good time. However, to keep comparing it to icing on a cake... You think you want to eat a bowl of icing until you actually get the chance. And then you're like, okay, wait, this was way too much. And that's how I felt in the beginning. Like the first couple of jokes, I was like, oh, these are funny. And then it just got to the point where it felt like overkill. And I was just like, okay, but where are we going with the storyline? Like it's joke and it's joke and it's joke and it's joke and it's joke. But like, what is actually happening? Which then made the light bulb go off in my head and think, okay, why are we looking at this? Because the thing about, you know, shows like Insecure is that, You never see things unnecessarily. Like, there are no filler episodes. There are no filler scenes. Even if it feels like a filler, it's probably not. You just have to wait for it to come full circle and make sense again. Now, there are two ways that we could go with this. There was a line in there, and I'm forgetting it now because I was not even going to make this point. But there was a line that um, George said in the car about pretty much all of the, the friends that he used to be hanging out with at Black Planet. He's pretty much saying, like, you know... We all used to be real cool and kick it all the time. And then I don't know what happened to this one. That one is kind of over there doing something. And then the rest of them, I just don't know anymore. And he was almost, in my mind, getting to the point of like, Molly, Issa need to work it out because, you know, before you wait too long, it could be too long. And the same thing we see with Tiffany later on in the episode where Kelly's talking about how if her and Tiffany didn't work through the things, you know, at the time in which they did, things might not have been repaired to where they're at now. So I like that he was a little, um, uh, what is it called? Like a beacon of light almost, even through all of his craziness. I like what he brought to the episode for perspective. And we've seen this a lot on Insecure. We saw this a couple of seasons, maybe last season. Well, Lawrence and his dad, I forgot what Lawrence was going through. But in any event, his dad came through to pretty much like, you know, be the voice of reason. We saw this episode with Issa's mother. We, I like that they're using older black people as the voice of reason in this show. Because honestly, you know, even as annoying as, you know aunties and uncles and mamas and daddies and grandpas may be sometimes they'll be on their shit like they know what they're talking about sometimes you don't want to hear what they're talking about but but usually they know what they're talking about so i like that that vice is being used as like you know the 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 elder statesman you know the the voice of reason i i appreciate that so but my other theory that i was actually going to get to before i got sidetracked was there is something more with george's storyline and I can't really pinpoint it. Something in my spirit tells me it has something to do with LaToya because we have not heard from LaToya in a minute. I don't know if we're still looking for LaToya. They dropped that trailer online, but we have not seen a whole lot of looking for LaToya in the show recently. And at the beginning of this season, there was all of this energy and all of this, you know, talk about keep an eye out on looking for LaToya, keep an eye out, keep an eye out. So I feel like somehow, some way, because this is a real life story, 
um, unlike Due North and unlike that Kevin show they had. I feel like because this is like a docu-series and it's a real story, there is a strong possibility that, that these two worlds might intersect on the show because it's not just, you know, some slave TV show. It's a real-life story. Well, slaves were real. Never mind. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm curious as to what George's... Um, energy is here because I feel like he might have something to do with looking for LaToya. They get in front of the house and he pulls out the picture of the house and then he looks at the house and he is like, yep, this is it. And then he goes and rings the doorbell and the boy opens the door and he's like, dad and blah, 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 blah. Which I feel like that was a lot to give us without any context. You know, it just felt like too much story to give a one-off character. You know, like we haven't even gotten that deep into Thug Yoda shit and Thug Yoda has been around. So, like, I'm, I'm curious as to see how that will come back up. I feel like that might have something to do with looking for LaToya. Or the other thing that randomly crossed my mind was, was the guy that opened the door the same guy that Amal was sleeping with? I don't know. I don't know. There, I don't know. According to the showrunner, Prentice Penny, he says we won't be seeing any more of George, but... He's wrong. I don't care. I don't care that Prentice is the showrunner. I don't care that he knows the story through and through. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. That's a lie, because they also told us that we were not going to see Lawrence last season or two seasons ago. Oh, was that last season? Damn, that was last season. Damn. This show been on for a long fucking time. It feels like that was like two years ago. Well, it was two years ago in Real People World. Anyway, the point I'm making is they lie. All they do on this show is lie, lie, lie. And I feel like George is going to make a way somehow, some way back into the circle because it was just too much backstory for nothing. But what do y'all think? Y'all think George is going to make a comeback? Y'all think he was a one-off? Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at he got y'all and let me know because I feel like George there was more there. It was just too much. It was too much for for nothing. So, that's where I'm going to leave that. All right, and let's get into the girls. How can Issa move on without Molly? So, I feel like this episode was a very interesting approach. I like that, uh, first, I knew Molly was not going to be in the episode. Like, Molly, I mean, she was in the last two and a half seconds. But I just knew. I was like, after a big fight like that, we're not going to see Molly and Issa kicking it. We're not going to see Molly and Issa even fake try to kick it. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't do that after a moment like that. So, I pretty much knew that Molly was going to be kind of, you know, on the hush-hush this episode, on some Nathan shit. I knew she was going to be a little bit ghost. But what I liked that they did was that is that we got to see Issa kind of be on the bounce back. It's very similar to like when you go through like a breakup or your friend breaks up with somebody and the first thing they want to do is go hit the club. They want to hit the club, fuck that nigga. We're going to have a good time tonight. Positive vibes only, you know, all the blah, 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 blah. You know what it is. I like that they did that from a friend perspective. However, it doesn't really work the same way. Because, you know, when your boo thing piss you off, it's very easy to hit up the homies, hit up the girls, and be like, we out to Magic City, or we out to, I don't know where people go to club. But we out to somewhere where they got tequila and wings. So that's where we going. And I think it's very easy to do that when it's a friend dynamic, because your friend is like, yes, I want my friend to be happy. I want my friend to be good. Shake it off. We're not even stressing about that. However, when you're beefing with friends, that energy doesn't work the same way. So you can kind of go out and have like the bounce back and have, you know, like I'm going to have a good time and, you know, fuck all this energy, but it doesn't really work the same way. And that's what we see with Issa in this episode. But I do have to say from a creative standpoint, it was a really nice approach because I felt like a lot of people, myself included, 
when I first watched the episode, I was like, so what just happened? Like, this felt very, very empty. And I was like, I was sitting with it longer than usual because usually the turnaround for me is much quicker before I start writing notes. But something about last night's episode, maybe it was the half a bottle of Moscato I drank. I'm not sure. But (laughs) something was just like, this is not processing for me. And I need to, like, let this process so I can, like, go back in and, like, really watch it again. And what I got was it was empty and it was a little boring. Well, not boring, but it was a little bit flatter than I expected because that is how life works. Like, I think this is the first time that we've really, really seen Issa without Molly. Any other time, their makeups are a little bit quicker. Like, usually it's a bag of hot Cheetos and some ranch dip or, you know, they usually crack a lot quicker in their fights and they're usually around each other while fighting this is i think the first time that we've actually seen them really distance from each other and not be in each other's spaces and that's the reality like when you're on the outs with a friend especially a friend as close as molly is to Issa, your life is going to feel a little empty like it's going to feel a little flat things are going to feel disjointed like stuff is just going to feel awkward because this is not the norm like this is not normal for you and i like that they really played into that you know i feel like we were a byproduct of it because it was just like well damn like well we got to be so underwhelmed but i get it for the sake of the story and the characters it, it totally made sense the second time around shout out to shalomar all right moving on so i really really enjoy that Issa is being very responsible with feelings like i said earlier Issa's on new energy. Like, she's not she's not playing with her feelings. She's not playing with her emotions. If it's really not going to serve her, she's. it seems like she's not going to do it, which I really appreciate. And this was, like, a really nice plot twist because Issa picks up the phone in the car and she's like, yo, you busy? You up? Can I come over? And I'm sure a good 95% of us were like, oh, gosh, who the fuck is she going to call? Please don't let it be Daniel. Please don't let it be Lawrence and please don't let it be Nate. Like, you don't need to be around any of these men right now. And Issa knew that. And that's why she pulled right up to Tasha Mack's house. Shout out to Piggy Greer. (laughs) She pulls up to her mama's house. And that got her a round of applause from me because I was like, yes, fuck these niggas. Go see your mama. Your mama, listen, dick is not the answer for everything, okay? Sometimes you just need to go lay a nice shoulder. Just, mm, just, yes, just, I just need to cry it out. I just need to get this out and then we can move on. And I like that. Um, Issa's mom clocked it almost immediately. And that is truly the parent-to-child, mother-to-child specifically connection where you can just look in your baby's face even if she's 30 years old and be like, something's not right. Like, some come here, something is not right. And she clocked it. And Issa breaks. And I feel like that is truly what Issa needed because I don't think we've seen Issa really have a super emotional moment Except for the scene where Issa comes back from the dinner party for Derek's birthday where Lauren shows up with the partner and then Issa comes back to the house and, you know, destroys all of the shit and tears down bookshelves. And I think that's the only time we've really seen Issa crack. And like I mentioned earlier in this episode, Issa has been through a lot of shit in the past year. So the fact that this is her second time really, like, you know, breaking down emotionally, I had to give points to that. Oh, do I have to give points to that? Maybe not, because maybe her her headspace would be in a better place if she just let those feelings out. Well, anyway, shout out to her for acknowledging the feelings and, you know, releasing them. So mama saves the day per usual. And then right after that, we see Issa walking down the street. (laughs) She gets a phone call from Kelly. Issa picks up the phone and Kelly answers. Hi, this is Kelly. May I ask who's calling? The fuck? What Girl, what are you, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Kelly is such a clown. I cannot take it. But 
they have this conversation, which I alluded to earlier about how Kelly needs to, or how Kelly thinks Issa should just reach out to Molly. And, you know, the sooner they do it, the better, because the more time that sits, the worse it will be. My problem with this was that, and I like that Issa, you know, brought this up. Like, are you calling Molly with this shit? Because I did not do anything. Like, Issa has done many of things wrong in her day. And Issa has, you know, extended the olive branch many of times because that's what you do when you were in the wrong. But I don't think Issa's wrong here. Like, Issa's not completely innocent with things, but Issa is not wrong in this situation. Like, Molly needs to reach out because Molly is the one that started the shit this time. It sounds very juvenile, but it's true. Like, Molly, Molly started it. So, whatever. If she want to talk, she can call me. What I do have to give two points to is Kelly's character because I think sometimes as the funny friend that also kind of rides the line of like the shady friend or the keeping it real friend. I think sometimes people view that character in real life and on screen as just like, you know, the ha ha friend, the jokey joke friend. Like, I don't think sometimes the the love and compassion from that person is always felt because it's layered. Like, the way that a character like Kelly shows love and compassion is telling you that you don't have no money in your bank account and that you broke and, you know, that your life is fucked up. But she cares about you. (laughs) And that is the silver lining of it. It's like, I'm saying all of this, but through love. You know, it's all through love. But I like that Kelly is the friend that's kind of trying to mend the friend group right now. People don't expect that from you. And that's what I enjoy about Kelly because she's like, she's the real friend. Like, she's the one really checking in on Issa. She's the one really seeing, you know, like what's really good. Sure, it's annoying that she's calling to tell her to call Molly, but it's the fact that she's still calling and checking in as much as she is. So, shout out to Kelly because, you know, I feel like a lot of people would not expect that from a character like hers. But those are those are the real friends, people, the ones that are shading you all the time and calling you bitch and hoe and really getting your life together. Those are the ones that really care. I say this because I'm the friend that is always reading people and calling people bitches and hoes. So I feel like, you know, I'm fighting. I'm fighting for the Kellys of the world. <laughs> but yes, in any event, um, shouts to Kelly for that. But Issa goes home. She gets in the crib. And as soon as she walks in the door, there is a sense of calmness. There is a sense of, you know, chakras aligned. She has just watched the Jill Scott Erica by Do Live or Versus. And she's she's in it. She's in the moment. And she rolls one up real quick and she blows it down. And it's such a vibe. Issa's smoking. Issa's dancing. Issa, I feel like she was cleaning for a little bit. Clearly the munchies hit. And it's time to go get something to eat. And she goes to one of her favorite restaurants, that Ethiopian restaurant, which I don't know if you all clocked this, but the restaurant that Issa pulls up to where Molly's sitting at is the restaurant where they went to eat for Issa's birthday on the first episode of season one. Remember they went to that spot and, you know, they went out for dinner. That is the same restaurant. So as soon as I saw the sign, I was like, Molly's going to be here. Molly's going to be here because that is Issa's favorite restaurant. I guess it's probably one of Molly's favorite restaurants. And that is the problem with breaking up with friends is because who gets sole custody of the restaurants? Because listen, I don't know about you. My 90% of my social hangouts are built or not built, but 90% of my social hangouts are in restaurants maybe a bar here and there i'm not mm, that's not true that's a lie i really am into bars i'm not into clubs but you know a bar a restaurant you know those are generally like the makeups for like where most of my social interactions happen it's really almost like being in a relationship because if i'm if i'm dating a guy and he wants to go out to eat i'm taking him to maybe my third favorite place third and third is third is like you know a stretch because i do not want to 
get to a point where we are no longer together and then come in here and see you with some next bitch. That's not happening. That's not happening. You know why? Because this is my restaurant. This is my bar. These are my bartenders. These are my servers. These are my people. These are, this is my block. This is my corner and you can't be on my corner. So, because when it's all said and done, I don't want you coming to the restaurant with anybody else. I don't even want to see you in a restaurant. You are no longer welcomed here. They're going to put up your picture in the front of the store like you stole something and you will never be let back inside again. You will never be let back in because I have sole custody of the restaurant. So that is the awkwardness of that. And we see Issa at the door. She hesitates and and things like that just become very, very awkward. But we see Molly sitting at the bar and we see Issa look in the mirror. First, I have not mentioned the mirror, mirror bitch all episode, <laughs> but um, I feel like she's a she's a callback to remember like those 90s TV shows where they would have like the angel and the devil on one side and you'll see like Carl Winslow and it'd be like, go push Mother Winslow down the steps. That never happened on Family Matters, but play along, play along. And then the angel will be like, no, don't do it. She's your mother and your kid's grandmother and blah, 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 blah. In any event, it feels very much like angel demon on the shoulders, except there is no angel. It's only demons. Like, I feel like Mira Bitch is only on the negative. But I do have to say, there was a couple of times this episode where Issa should have listened to her, like with George in the car, like with the pregnant woman in the, the supermarket where Issa icked her shit. But then when Issa went to the paint and sip with the girls, Mira Bitch was like, Go have fun. And that was a bad idea. So I don't know about Mira, bitch. We can't trust her. She can't. She can't be trusted. I feel like she needs, I don't know. We got to work on her because she she don't be having the right intentions for our girl. Like, it seems like a good idea, but it's really, really a bad idea. But since we're on the topic of Issa and the girls at the paint and sip, I do have to say my heart really broke for Issa, y'all. Like, I really thought Issa made a new friend. And I think, again, this goes back to, like, driving home the point of, you know, breaking up with friends is not easy. It's not easy to just make new friends overnight. Like, even as even as easy as you think it might be, it's just like, I can meet some new people anytime. Like, it is no problem to make new friends. But I think, as we see with this scene with Issa and, you know, Kyla Pratt and her bridesmaids and whatnot, is that it was difficult. Like, it's very tough. And I really, really felt bad for Issa because it really felt like those girls were really vibing with her. And then they just, you know, did her dirty, just dined and dashed and just really, really had Issa just in a whole, a whole, a whole frenzy. Issa's driving down the street looking for the girls. First, I feel like this is the first daydream that we've had all season. I feel like we haven't seen Issa have one of those wild daydreams in a minute. But she's driving down the street. She breaks the dick, cactus, poster, artwork, whatever the fuck you want to call it, over the girl's head. And Issa's on one. And rightfully so. Like, I actually was really hoping that that was, like, a real moment. Because I was like, Issa deserves this. Like, this would be a lot of, like, displaced anger. Because I feel like that would be anger that should be put towards Molly. But listen, you fucked me over and you in the crossfire. So you're going to get this energy, too. But that was not a real scene. That was very much of a daydream. And it wasn't even the same girls. Which I had to go back and watch for a second time. Like, not even the same girls. Like, not even wearing the same clothes. Like, just three women walking down the street. Those girls got out of there with the quickness. I do have to say, even as terrible as that was, I do love a good vacation friend. I really do. Like, I feel like sometimes it's more fun when you're in another city, which is what those girls were. Like, when you, like, especially if you live in a place like, you know, that's a very popular tourist spot, like New York, like LA, like, you know, Miami, like, you go out in your city because it's your city. So, like, when you go out in New York City, you're not thinking, like, oh, I'm out in New York City and we're partying, we're clubbing. You think, oh, I'm out 
and I'm partying and I'm clubbing. <laughs> like that that whole energy of like being in New York City is like it is it doesn't apply to you because it's it's normal. But I get it from the DMV girls perspective because when you're on vacation, it's just a, a special kind of energy. Like you are you on ten. Like there's some shit I've done on vacation. Well, not really, but my energy on vacation is much more pumped up. Like I always want to be out. I always want to be social. I always want to make new friends. I always want to know where the niggas is at. You know, that's always common energy on vacation. So I can't even hold you. Like those are sometimes one of my favorite things about vacations is like making quote unquote new friends. And you already know what time it is. Like, you know, you're going to talk for like, you know, maybe the week that you're there and then you'll go back to your life and then you'll never speak to this person ever again. Like I can count on one hand maybe with two fingers, with people that I've met on vacation that I'm friends or, like, still very much in contact with. So, but shout out to Vacation Energy. I just love me a good vacation turn up. Oh, such a good time. Oh, I can't wait to get out of this house. Cannot wait to get out of this house. (laughs) But yes, all right, anyway, let's bring it on home all the way together now. So, back to Molly sitting at the bar top at the restaurant. So, the question that crossed my mind was... Because we see Molly sitting at the bar, seemingly unbothered. You know, she's sitting on her phone. She's not making any effort to call Issa or check on her. And the question that came to me was, is this a slap in the face to Issa or is this a feeling? Now, slap in the face is because, like, you know, you're not checking on me. Like, you have not thought to, well, let me not say not thought, but you have not made an active effort to reach out to me. You've not made any effort to reach out to me. So in that sense, it could feel like a bit of a slap in the face. But then the other part of me was like, maybe this is just a feeling. Like, I think she might be trying to, I think she she might have been trying to find a way to seek Issa's presence without actually being around Issa. Hence, her going to one of Issa's favorite restaurants. It's just like, how close can you get to the person without actually being with the person? I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure which way to lean on that. The main question is, should Issa have walked into the restaurant? Should Issa have walked in there spoke to Molly face-to-face and said, hey, listen, this is where you got me fucked up at. I don't want you to get me fucked up again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to fuck you up, all right? It wasn't going to go down like that. But in a perfect world, if I could just imagine, that's that that would have been nice. <laughs> but I like that Issa did not walk in the restaurant. And I'll tell you why. I think Issa was having such a roller coaster of a day because the other thing to keep in mind is that this was all the next day. Like, her car declining at the supermarket, her going to paint and sip, her being with her mom. Like, all of this is in the same day. And I'm just like, that's a lot already. Like, I'm not even going to hold you. Like, if some bitches ran off, like, if I was at Angela Harlem and I was kicking it with some new niggas and they left me while I was in the bathroom, I'd be in my feelings. Even if I had just met them, I would still be in my feelings because I'm just one of those people where I'd be like, damn, these shady bitches. Like, oh, fuck y'all. But... This has been a, a full roller coaster day for Issa. Issa has finally con- come down from the day. She done sparked up. She is just ready to get her food, eat, go back to the house, vibe, and go to bed. So I get not going in there and talking to Molly because if you ever... <sighs> there are many things I hate in life, but one of the things that really grinds my gears is blowing a high. Oh, I hate being high and then having some fuck shit just come in and just be like... Here I am to ruin your joy and you're not going to you're not going to ruin this high because butt is too expensive and we're in a recession. <laughs> like we cost too much money for you to be fucking up this high. So what I'm going to do is keep right on pumping down the block, right on down Ladera. Look at me learning L.A. streets. I'm so I'm so in. Shout out to Santa Monica Boulevard. Yes, girlfriends. But um, what I'm going to do is pump right on down the street. Go get me some tacos from the taco truck. Go back to the house throw on my um, Janae Aiko and get back into the vibes. Like, I'm not doing this with Molly today. So I like that Issa 
pull back. I like that Issa was like, I'm not, I'm not here for this. And I also appreciated the fact that the mirror, <laughs> is her name really mirror bitch? <laughs> I guess. Mirror Issa was really on some, like, I don't know what to do. Like all episode, mirror bitch had a whole lot to say. She was very feisty, very spicy, slapping Issa, doing all types of shit. But however, for some reason, when Issa got to the door of the restaurant, mirror bitch was just looking like, well, I don't know what to tell you, which is profound. Because I don't know what needs to be said. I don't know what needs to be said. So we're not going to go in here. We're going to go right on down to Timmy's Tacos and do what we need to do. So I definitely think Molly needs to make the first move. And that's it. Like, if Molly don't reach out, I would not be reaching out. Because, like I've said a million times, this is not Issa's wound to heal. This is not Issa's problem. If Molly wants to come through and, you know, put a band-aid on this wound, then so be it. But... This is not Issa's problem to fix. And I don't think she needs to reach out. I don't think she is in the wrong. I don't. In this scenario specifically. But, of course, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at HeGotCha. Let me know what's on your mind. Also, one more thing I want to shout out. Because they kept showing this um, shot in Issa's house where it says... It was a poster or like a, a picture on a wall. And it said, Little girl, be fair. Show yourself you care. Little girl, be fair. Show yourself you care. I'm not really sure what that means. I'm not sure how that gets worked into the story, but we saw it, I think, two or three different times. So they're definitely trying to drive home a point somewhere in there. But little girl, be fair. Show yourself you care. Be fair to who? Be fair to yourself. Be fair to other people. I don't really know. But that's where we leave off with that. And that's where we leave off with episode six, season four of Insecure. So thank you so much for listening. As always, let me know what's on your mind. I love to hear your takes. Y'all be saying some wild shit in my mentions, but I appreciate it because y'all really be thinking on another level, like where I don't even be, not even kind of in the ballpark. Like y'all be on some wild shit, but I love to read what y'all have to say. So please keep the comments coming. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to everybody that has been listening over the past uh, week. I'll be honest, y'all. I'm a cheapo, and I don't really like to spend a whole lot of money on shit, but I had to upgrade my SoundCloud because I ran out of space. So they've given me, like, a much better look at the analytics. So thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. This show is something that I kind of just decided to do, like, on a whim as a little passion project. They had no idea how well it was going to be or not be, but thank you so much for listening. Old and new. Shout out to everybody that's been here since episode one. Shout out to all of the new people. I really, really appreciate it. Every week, the numbers are getting stronger and stronger. I thank you all so, so much. But there are people listening to, like, Maryland, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Huntsville, North Carolina, and no shade, y'all. I've never even heard of some of these places, <laughs> but I just thank you. I really appreciate it. There have been people listening from the UK, Guam, South Africa. Like, my mind is truly blown. Like, I did not expect this to be, you know, as um, received as it is, but I appreciate it. I thank you all so much. Listen, we got about, what was this, episode... Six? This was this six? Yeah, so we got about four more episodes together. Please continue to tell a friend to tell a friend. If you have a friend that loves Insecure, leave them to this podcast, all right? Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'll do this again next Monday. You know the vibes. You know what time it is. Every Monday, right here on wherever you're listening at. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter at he got y'all. Y'all be good. And if you can sit your ass in the house, sit the fuck in the house. And if you have to go out, please put your mask on. I hate to make this, you know, a PSA announcement, but some of y'all were wilding this past weekend because it was a cute 80 degrees outside. Y'all, this is not over. So please, please, please take care of yourselves. All right, we'll talk next week right here on He Got Y'all. Deuces.
podcast is in no way affiliated with HBO or Insecure.